Welcome to OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein, president of Motor Minds and host of SiriusXM's Cars and Culture on Business Channel 132. There are only three top subjects in today's automotive industry. EVs, EVs, and EVs. The transition from internal combustion engines to electric vehicles is consuming every part of the value chain, from manufacturers to tiered suppliers to the consumers who may or may not buy them. In the long term, there might be few options, and that's raising a myriad of questions, especially as they relate to service. Many dealers, in particular, are worried that their service business will take a direct hit in the changeover to EVs, but suppliers are equally as curious, especially when it comes to the replacement of parts and components. So what's the outlook for all ends of the spectrum? And how can manufacturers, suppliers, and service facilities tackle changing service costs? We predict has a mine of data insights. We predict provides predictive component quality, service, cost, and competitive benchmarking analysis to major OEMs, suppliers, tech companies, and industry organizations. It's all based on billions of service records and tens of millions of vehicles in the We Predict database. In the second part of my conversation with Renee Stevens, Vice President of Automotive for We Predict, she talks about staying ahead in a fast-changing environment. Renee also gives her analysis, which is data-driven, of course, of who's doing well in the race to launch EVs. She leads the product development and implementation of all new industry-first competitive automotive warranty benchmarking studies. And now, the second part of my two-part conversation with Renee Stevens. So let's turn our attention to the topic uh, that is on everyone's mind and is that transformation, the enormous transformation in the powertrain side of the world to something called electric vehicles. <laughs> and you and I both know that over the course of the next uh, uh, you know, 12 to 18 months, there will be more than 100 models on the road that have a powertrain that, uh, that, that is uh, primarily electric. So I know you've done a lot of research on, on EV cost versus internal combustion engines. Tell me about that. Do EVs really cost less to service? I've seen that headline. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the question that we as a company get asked the most, and particularly when they know we've got this industry database. Um, so do EVs really cost less? I think the hypothesis is that they do. Um, but a lot of times when we think that way, we're thinking of the maintenance side and not necessarily all the other costs that go along with it. And, um, but, you know, in, in the end, I think we'll, we'll get to the point um, where they do cost less, but I think it's going to be, I call it the rough road for a while. Um, and, um, you know, when, when I look at it, the, the answer to that question changes depending on how long that vehicle has been in the field. And so you know, when we look at costs, we look at um, service costs in terms of the, the cost to maintain, the cost of repair if something's broken, and then also service cam campaigns, because that's a cost to the company, it's a cost to the customer. Um, there's all sorts of other costs associated, but those are kind of the three main buckets. And if, when I look in the first 90 days, I look in the first year, repairs are actually twice as high on EVs than they are in gas vehicles. 2.3, right? 2.3 yeah, times. It, yeah, they're, they're big. And you can look at 90 days, you can look at, at one year, they're, they're higher. When you look at campaigns, they're four times higher on EVs in that first year. Hmm. So 
But now maintenance, on the other hand, is less. So the maintenance, what we're seeing, it's it's half in the first, you know, when you first look at the 90 days, then when you get out to one year, it even gets a greater difference and then ends up being about 77% lower. So we are seeing that story play out on maintenance um, very clearly, as you can imagine. So there's no oil filters, there's no, you know, uh, lubes, any, you know, thing of that nature, but there's still wiper blades, there's still other things that they do. Um, but the cost is much, much less. Um, but now, if, you know, fast forward to three years. So vehicles been on the road three years. What do we see? Now we start to see the benefits. So again, that huge drop maintenance is certainly much different than grass. Um, in fact, in total, the costs are about 30% lower on EVs. If you look over the first, if you can get, you get past that first year, <laughs> the, the costs are about 30% lower, um, but mainly in maintenance, um, we do see some improvement in repairs, campaigns kind of even out if they do one on gas, they'll do one on, on EVs. It's about the same frequency and the same cost. Um, but so answer your question, as you indicated, we've got this whole proliferate of vehicles in the next five to seven years coming our way. So for dealers, it's going to be a boon. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a boon for repair facilities short term. And a lot of them are ramping up for it. Um, and, you know, many, many are, um, you know, trying to get their techs, um, you know, certified and whatever they have to do. In the long run, we'll, we'll see some of the benefits. Interesting to me that when you looked at service technicians, they were spending twice as much time on a diagnosis or, or, or the maintenance piece of it. And you call that something, uh, you call that the launch factor of these vehicles, right? Yeah. So, you know, if you think about it, the automotive industry uh, launch has always been the bane of the automotive industry. I mean, it's always been tough, um, regardless of what it is, a new product. I mean, look at the new, you know, Yukon's and Tahoe's that just came out. If you look at, if you look at any, any launch vehicle that first year is, is a tough year because typically there's a lot of change. Um, but now we're, we're compiling all new vehicles, all new technology and new features. And, it, you know, and we have to have a dealer body that understands how to work with it and fix it. Um, so it's, it, yeah, it, it's like a multiplier effect. And so, and when we looked at the number of launches, new EV launches, and we could tell by the number of launches in that year, the, the average industry EV cost per vehicles went up and then it went down as we, you know, had less vehicles in launch. So the good news is the vehicles that are out there longer and that have gone through these generational updates, um, we've seen improvement, just like you would typically see in launch. So year two, you know, year two after launch, we saw some very big improvements. Um, year three, we continued to see improvements, particularly in cost, because of the campaign impact. Um, we would see some good improvements going forward. But again, it's getting over that hump and the fact that the whole industry is in the hump now. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Not, yeah. Everyone's in the same boat. Uh, Renee, yeah. when you look at parts and components, which ones are replaced the most on EVs, according to your research? Yeah, so, you know, looking at um, components themselves, um, if I just looked at like the top 10 components, um, five of the top 10 that are serviced the most are EV specific components um, because there's all sorts of other things on EVs that could fix as well. But things like the battery charging cables. So 
battery charging um, is, you know, probably the main thing that people are interact with every day because I have to understand what they have. And so the charging the cables, that's number one. Um, the HV battery itself, um, the, being it again, you know, measuring how much it charged, doing software updates, replacing it. We do have, even in the first 30 days, I've seen replacements, which again are pretty huge cost when you think about the cost of that component and also the work around it to package it, to move it to, I mean, just there's a lot of costs around uh, high voltage batteries, battery contacts, you know, just how can I make those contacts control modules are another big one. And then just wiring the HV wiring. So there were other components and parts, but those were the big ones um, that were EV related. When you think about the supply base, what does the outlook look like for, for most suppliers as they consider replacement parts, uh, the service business, the maintenance business? How does that impact the supply base? Yeah, you know, as I said earlier, the, uh, the suppliers are being drawn even more and more into the service world that um, maybe they would have liked to have participated more in the past, but now they need to um, because the battery technology continues to evolve. Um, so staying ahead of that is, is, is very important, but also the expectations of consumers is changing more and more on they expect um, they expect to interact with their vehicle like they do their phone because in many cases they're using their phone. Yeah, it's the connectivity. The yep. Yeah, so if there's a problem, they can do a software update. If there's a, um, uh, you know, a, something to schedule with a dealer um, or a part to return that they get. So there's an opportunity for suppliers to get more involved in that ecosystem um, that they didn't have before, which is great. Um, but also there's areas like a, the ADAS in general, the infotainment systems where they get all this information. Um, while it's shown continuous improvement over time, again, we're adding more capability and importance in those, in those features and functions. And then self-driving, if you think about all those self-driving, the um, Super Cruise, the Blue Cruise, you know, and all of those different self-driving systems um, are going to be fairly Critical. So while we're seeing some improvement now, I expect to see some uptick in those areas. Um, you know, again, as we go through this industry learning, we predict has looked at 19 million different um, uh, facets of of this world. I guess uh, that would be miles driven, right? Uh, yeah. From 2016 to to 2021, what EV models are launching well in your mind? Yeah, um, you know, it's. It, it's it's always relative. Um, so when we look at it, um, there are some EVs that have done pretty well. Um, so Ford Mach-E was one more recent launch. And uh, I think they had a very good launch compared to others in the luxury segment. Um, a lot of these EVs are launching in the luxury segment, um, but you know that they're not um, all luxury vehicles. Um, but they, they launched at about $100 per vehicle. Um, in the first three months, um, that could sound high, but that's that's actually fairly good compared to others in the luxury market that were like four to ten times higher. Wow! Um, when they launched, so yeah, they had a fairly good launch. Um, Volkswagen ID. Four had a fairly good launch. They were a little bit higher at about 120 a vehicle, um, but again, they had a fairly fairly good launch so far. So we're looking forward to um, the Super Duty and looking at that in the Ford's F-150 Lightning. Um, looking at the the lightning and some of the um, other models that are coming through so you as know, new models Hummer, come the through, Silverado yeah 
Yeah, yep. the Silverado. Um, yeah, as Rivian starts to launch, and you know some of those vehicles get out there, um, it will be interesting to see the comparisons. But yeah, so so far, I think some of the the um, mass market brands have been launching fairly well. So manufacturers, suppliers, service facilities, all will be tackling these service costs at some point, <laughs> sooner rather than later. How do you get ahead, Renee, in that fast-changing environment? Yeah, it's tough. Um, I, I mean, I, I find uh, a lot of companies and, um, you know, even previously, they tend to look at like actual values. Okay, here's where we actually are. Um, and then year-to-year differences. And, and, and we do too. And you can spot some of the big issues that way. Um, but it's, you're probably spotting issues that have already bitten you, unfortunately. Um, you know, it's kind of like the backwards look, looking, you know, driving by the rear view mirror, um, as opposed to, you know, trying to have a strategy to get ahead. Um, but to most p- companies, it's, it's time consuming. It's, it's, it takes a lot of effort and, and talent to kind of forecast the impact of everything all the time. It's, it's a magnitude, and particularly with all the connected vehicle information coming the way of company. It's a magnitude of, um, uh, you know, never foreseen um, in, impact on a lot of these companies, just the volume of data that's coming their way. And so, you know, that's where we get involved in things like that. But that's where adding things like predictive analytics and just trying to get ahead of those trends and seeing not what happened, but what does that mean to what's coming next? It just gives you a new perspective, what's changing, and but you have to do it at scale um, all the time to be able to reprioritize those issues um, and work on what's going to be big before it gets big. Um, it's just a different perspective. Um, But, you know, the technologies are developing so rapidly that companies just can't wait for the trends to occur and then look at them. They really have to get ahead of them. Um, And suppliers now have the opportunity to look more and and understand more of the competitors um, service experience. I mean, what's happening from a product standpoint out in the field, I think that was a viewpoint we've never had in the industry. I know being from a manufacturer, I never had the luxury of having that. I could compare myself to myself and all my products, but um, I could never compare to others reliably. Um, and, you know, again, this data um, allows that comparison now, which is um, kind of helps you see what's out there. Well, if there's a trend that's going to occur, we know that we predict will be in front of it. And Renee Stevens, you're, you are the point person for that. So vice president of automotive at We Predict. Thank you so much for being on Automotive Insiders. Deeply appreciate the deep dive into your data. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, Renee. That's this episode of Automotive Insiders. Remember to follow the program wherever your favorite podcast appears. Thanks again to Renee Stevens, Vice President of Automotive at We Predict, And thanks for listening to OESA's Automotive Insiders. I'm Jason Stein. We'll talk to you again next time.